0: Welcome to the Drop Time Report. Turn up the volume and listen to amazing stories about big bucks and the hunters who harvested them. Here is your host, outdoor writer, Tracy Breen.
1: Welcome to the Drop Time Report. On this week's episode, we're going to have on the owner of bowhunting.com and TV, Todd Graff. Todd has been uh, in the outdoor business for, man, 20 plus years. He started with... Uh, hunting.net which was a website (coughs) dedicated to hunters. Then he transitioned to bowhunting.com and now he has a very popular online show called Bowhunter Die. I've known Todd probably about 20 years. I did a lot of writing for uh, hunting.net and then I've done a lot of work for bowhunting.com so I thought I'd just be a perfect fit to have him on. Uh, Today he's going to talk about a 192 inch buck that he killed but we're also going to dive into uh, filming a hunt and we're going to talk a lot about uh, what type of gear you need to film a hunt camera gear camera arms that kind of thing and you know he oversees bow hunter died has a lot of guys uh, filming for him a lot of pro staff so he sees the good and bad and ugly of uh, video footage and he's going to talk about how to clean up your footage and produce some good content so it should be uh, a great show before i get Todd on i'd like to thank my sponsors my title sponsor, Redneck Blinds. Uh, summer is here, food plot season is here. Now's the time to plan. Hey, where do you want to put that new blind? Redneck has a, some awesome fiberglass blinds as well as uh, soft-sided blinds. If you're <laughs> if you're on a budget or if you want more of a a mobile blind, check out their Gilly blind. That's one of my favorites. Uh, next, I'd like to thank Fourth Arrow Camera Arms. We're going to talk a lot about Fourth Arrow Camera Arms today. And Todd's going to talk about his favorite uh, camera arm and a a new one they have coming out this year that he has just fallen in love with. Windscent, the makers of vapor scent technology. Uh, Windscent has been tested independently by a bloodhound and Tracker John, and that bloodhound was able to uh, smell deer scent. being put out by a windscent unit up to several hundred yards away. So check out WindScent.com, Morale Targets, makers of the high roller target. Uh, Huntworth Clothing, if you're on a budget, you don't want to spend a pile of money on hunting clothes, check out HuntworthGear.com. Pine Ridge Archery, they make a variety of accessories for archery. One of my favorite is their nitro vane. Uh, the nitro vein retains more downrange energy than most other arrow vanes, as well as it's quieter than most other arrow vanes. Lucky Buck Mineral. Now's the time to put the mineral out and grow big bucks. Lucky Buck Mineral. Grim Reaper Broadheads. My favorite Broadhead. Been with them for a decade now. Schaefer Performance Archery. Makers of the XV Arrow Rest. Uh, that rest can handle arrows exceeding 400 feet per second. So if you're, you got a new high speed bow and you need a rest that can get out of the way of that arrow, check out Schaefer Performance Archery's XV Arrow Rest. Now's also the time to book a hunt. Illinois Connection in Pike County, Illinois, offers some amazing whitetail hunting. They have over 16,000 private acres, and they uh, regularly kill booners and a lot of big Pope and Young bucks. Uh, The Outdoorsman's makers of high-end tripods, packable tripods for glassing in the backcountry, as well as backpacks. Uh, The Outdoorsman's has a lot of high-end American-made gear. Last but not least, wilderness athlete. Uh, They make some awesome nutritional products. My favorite is Hydrate and Recover. Uh, You kind of get tired of sugary drinks. They add on a lot of extra pounds, and Hydrate and Recover doesn't have all that sugar. If you enter Drop 10 at checkout, when on the Wilderness Athlete website, you can get a discount on your order. Now let's go ahead and get Todd on the show. Welcome to the Drop 10 Report. Todd, how are you today?
0: i'm doing great tracy thanks for having me on
1: hey no problem uh you you down there planting food plots yet and getting ready for the fall starting
0: no i'm I'm, my stuff's planted in and growing well so far the growing season here in the midwest has been pretty decent
1: okay did flooding affect you at all or no you know
0: early on um we did have a significant amount of rain this year but uh that, you know that became fast and furious like seems like most of the storms come nowadays so it just seems like you got to be paying attention to those apps <laughs> a lot tighter than, than the old days where you could just count on those soaker rains because man you got it they come fast and furious but no uh, most of my stuff was able to get in and uh, really wasn't harmed too bad by uh the storms that we had early on
1: cool cool well today i want to talk about a bunch of things I'm going to start with filming hunts. You know, everybody uh, loves to film their hunt more than ever. I don't know if that's the result of YouTube or social media or both. Um, but you obviously have had bowhunter die for a lot of years. What what year did you start that? Well, I mean, I would
0: say, I mean, bowhunter die started over 10 years ago now. Um, but, I mean, I would say, you know, when it comes to your point with, you know, just self-filming hunts, I mean, that started a long time ago. And I think you're right. Tracy, I mean, just the ability for people to be able to share their experiences because of social media and the ease at which that has become, um, you know, has really just gotten people so much more excited and involved with wine to be able to do that specifically, you know, get out there and and share everything that they're seeing.
1: When did you start com? How long ago was that?
0: You know, I, well, I mean, bowhunting.com, I mean, you know, you know, as you know the story, you know, Tracy, I mean, huntingnet.com started many, many, many years ago, and then bowhunting.com kind of came as a shoot off of it, um, you know. So, I mean, in the web space itself, we've been doing it well over 20 years, but when it comes to bowhunting.com specifically, you know, I would say, you know, that's going on every bit of a 12 or 13 year, wow, you know, life now. Time flies, I guess. <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, when I'm sitting here, you're asking me these questions. I just had my birthday here this last weekend. I'm thinking, man, oh man! I always felt like I was the youngest guy in the room. Now I'm starting to feel like I'm the oldest guy in the room. <laughs> For sure, you know. I, I
1: remember uh, when you and I would go to ATA show, you know, when we were the we were the kids, right? Um, and, and now there's 100%. a hundred percent. Yeah, now there's a bunch of up and comers, uh, you know, pushing pushing to be the next Todd graph, I guess.
0: Well, we got to have our replacements, right? That's how the world seems to work.
1: Yep, yep. So tell me, you know, you guys have a, a large pro staff. Uh, you see a lot of footage every year for your show, Bull Hunter Die. Some good, some bad. Obviously, you see a lot of stuff on YouTube and Facebook. What are some of the mistakes you see guys making when they're, when they're out there filming their hunt, that with simple tweaks they could do a better job?
0: Ooh, that's a loaded question. Um. Well, I mean, right off the bat, I mean, you know, I I guess I'm going to first start off with just flat out equipment, right? I mean, I just think about how far we've come, you know, in all these years and some of the, you you know, the first thing that you've got to have, there's a couple key essentials you have to have when you're self-filming your hunts, right? I mean, it's a completely different game when you've got someone else filming you because you can put those responsibilities on somebody else entirely. But when it comes to self-filming, you know, there's a couple of critical items you have to have. I mean, the first one they have to have, which obviously is the camera itself, right? We're not going to spend a lot of time talking about the camera because I think generally everyone understands that if you're going to do this, you're going to need to have some sort of camera to do it. I mean, whether you decide to use, a, you know, a digital SLR type of camera or whether you're going to use, you know, a flat-out video camera or whatever, you've you got to have the camera. But what I'm talking about are all the little additional accessories that make being able to capture that moment of truth, right? When it really comes down, it's easy to capture all the stuff when there's no deer around. It's it's when those deer come in is when you really need to make sure you've got your A game on, you know? So right off the bat, I'm going to talk about, you know, your, your camera arm, right? I mean, you have got to have a good camera arm that you know how to set up in the dark, you know, And, and I, and I know this sounds crazy, but you know, I've actually practiced, you know, my camera arm setting up blindfolded, just closing my eyes and being able to climb up in that tree and mentally put myself in that tree in the dark. Or it doesn't necessarily even have to be a dark. It could be an evening hunt where you're going in during the day. But there's plenty of times when you slip in and you, you climb up in your stand and you're in, maybe you're hunting near a bedding area and you're like, holy cow, there, there he is right there. He's bedded right there. And you've got to be able to have the ability to do this as quietly and as quickly as you can without um you know making a ton of noise because look let's face it i mean the moment you decide that you want to start filming your own hunts i mean you're adding so much additional baggage and so much additional workload to the experience i mean i'll be honest with you man i would love just to climb up into a deer stand (laughs) just with my bow one day and just go hunt again without having to have all this additional responsibility but you know, staying focused on your question. I mean, camera arm is critical. You got to have a camera arm that sets up fast. You got to have a camera arm that's quiet. Um, you got to be able to have one that has a long enough reach. You know, personally, the one that I use is Fourth Arrow. Um, they've just actually came out with a new product this year, which is smaller, lighter, simpler. I mean, I'm totally thrilled with it. Uh, it's been working really well for me. I've got uh, one a couple weeks ago from the yeah, team there, and talent, I've been right? playing with it. Italian, right. I mean, I just, man, they've really just, you know, they hit, they, fourth arrow has fixed so many of my little personal, uh, wish list items that I've had with my camera arms that I've had in the past. And even, and even pre, you know, fourth arrow, you know, it seems like almost every single camera that I've had, there's always been a a little bit of an issue with But man, this new talent that I have is really, uh, going to be dynamite for doing what I do. So camera arms, critical. It has to be steady. It has to be maneuverable. You know, there's a lot of guys that are getting into the saddle hunting nowadays. I haven't personally done that, but, you know, I've seen some of the videos that even Fourth Arrows put out with the flexibility of the arm and what you can do with it, but that's critical. I mean, because let's face it you, know, it, you know, deer hunting is not, you know, this happens, this happens, and then this happens. You never know what, and I think that's what makes us just love deer hunting so much. No hunt is ever the same, right? Correct. I mean, that's yeah. what just that's what keeps me coming back, you know, year after year. Cause you just, it's always different. There are different deer you're chasing. There are there's different scenarios. There's different, you know, places that you can hunt. Like there's just so much variety, you know, that just keeps it, you know, entertaining. Um, so camera arms, critical followed by having, you know, definitely having like a zoom type controller, you gotta have, you know, the ability to focus and you got to be able to have zoom and turn your camera arm, you know, camera on with like a zoom type controller. You got to have that little piece because without that, and you start getting your camera out in front of you, trying to reach for your camera and do that, it just doesn't work. You know, so I use a zoom controller Um and the, the, you know, the thing works, works, works fantastic. Um, so those are the two things that come to my mind right off the bat. You know, the, the third one, Tracy which really helps you capture everything. Right. And when you think about trying to explain to people your hunt, right. You're in the stand and man, here comes this buck, you know, Tracy, you know, you see all those little details through the eye of the camera. Right. Yeah. But, but what you're missing out on is all the things that you're doing to be able to pull off the actual harvest, right. To be able to pull off the kill, Right. That's the, park that people miss. So, you know, when it comes to the GoPros uh, and being able to have several of those positioned at the right angles to be able to catch what's going on from a bird's eye view, you know, all the stuff that you're going through, getting your bow, hitting the grunt tube, maybe doing a snort wheeze, you know, getting the camera, all of a sudden the buck swings around or the doe swings around, they're on the backside of you. And then you're trying to get the camera swung around, right? Like all that additional you know, stuff that's happening while you're in the stand um, is part of that story, which is just, if it goes uncaptured, right, you're missing some of the best parts of the story. Cause that's just, you know, well, when you are successful and you do get that harvest, right. Those are the little additional details that you want to be able to show people.
1: So I would say having some sort of wide angle, camera being able to capture all that additional stuff is just critical how many of those do you i mean i know you're with tacticam so you have a tacticam probably going but um how many gopros do you normally have out yourself
0: um you know i always try to run two um you know for several reasons one just in case you know one does fail uh you know or maybe you just can't get them both on when the moment of truth comes because i mean again you know so much of this you know, bow hunting is, is the waiting game. You know, so many times you're sitting there just waiting, waiting, waiting. I mean, although there are a lot of bigger extended type batteries that you can run, you know, to be able to kind of have them on for that entire quote unquote, prime time, you know, let's face it, it doesn't always happen during prime time. So sometimes you're just sitting there and you got to be able to have the ability to bam, turn that camera on, get the GoPros on, get your equipment on, catch the cam, whatever it is that you're, you know, you're using and being able to, have it all come together. And, you know, let's face it. Sometimes it just doesn't all come together. So the more that you can have to be able to reach for <laughs> it is always a, is always a, is always a plus.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. What,
0: uh, but two, good to answer your question, I, I I'm pretty much always got two. I usually have a third one that I use just for when I'm kind of walking in, but I have two that's actually within the stand with me and then I'll use a third one, just kind of walking in doing all that simple
1: stuff, walking in. Do you have a rule with with you and your guys that, uh, you know, if you can't get the kill shot, it's a no-go?
0: Boy, is that ever a topic that comes up regularly. I mean, to be honest with you,
1: that's why I I quit doing uh, TV-type stuff. I was hunting with Matthews many years ago, and we were hunting in Kansas. And, you know, the biggest buck of my life at the time walked out in front, and the cameraman uh, that Matthews had there with me, you know, he couldn't get the shot and I had to let him walk. And I thought to myself, man, this is horrible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, as you brought up on Hunter die, you know, we do got a, you know, a really great team of guys. You know, some of us have been on from the beginning, you know, for for many years here. Um, But there is no doubt when you, you know, there are a few teammates that every year, it seems like we have to have that same conversation and I shouldn't say same conversation over, but that constant reminder like, guys, you know, you signed up to do this. You know what you're doing. And part of the program is you have to be able to capture it on film. I mean, quite frankly, I, you know, I, I don't want to get a call from Tracy saying, oh, my gosh, I shot the biggest buck of my life, because I'm telling you right now, the first thing I'm going to say is what? Did you get it on? Set? I, I don't even want to have ethical. To that should be the first thing that you should say. You know, like every time one of our guys calls and says, Oh my gosh, I just shot, you know, Baconator or whatever. Baconator is a great buck. We never know what happened to Baconator. If Everyone knows what ever happened to Baconator that lives around me. We want to know what happened to Bacon. But, um, um, You know, I don't want to hear about the fact that you didn't get it on film because it absolutely doesn't do us, you know, a a, a bit of good. So, um, yes, I mean, you don't, you don't have it on film. The arrow's not flying and, you know, that's, you know, my rule and that's, is the rule for everybody that's on the team. Um, And, uh, you know, it's, of course, in our situation, listen, if you're just doing this because you want to get into it, you want to have fun, you want to share, um, you you know, the moment, you you, you know, there's no doubt. I mean, some guys are better at it than other guys. I mean, you gotta be, you know, you gotta be dead on and you, you, and, and obviously like anything in life, the more practice that you have, the better suited you are to be able to perform. Um, you know, in and, and practice is really what it comes down to. Luckily for me, I've been doing it long enough and I've just finally got it through my brain after all these years that, hey, you know, you're not going to get every deer, you know, that you see. And, and that's whether you're filming or not. So I think the sooner you can just come to grips with the fact that, you know what, you know, a good one might come in that I might not just be able to, you know, capture the kill on film, um, it's okay. And I think the sooner you get in that place, it makes it a lot easier. That's for sure.
1: So now that we've covered equipment a little bit, what are a couple of the the mistakes you see that could maybe be easily fixed?
0: Okay, that's a good question, Tracy. Mistakes that I usually see. I mean, you know, I I, I think one obviously is always going to be just equipment, you know, being familiar with your equipment, right? Knowing exactly what you can and can't do you know, with your equipment, obviously it, it's critical. I mean, you one big mistake that happens to a lot of guys when they first start filming is knowing when the stopping point is right. You may have the stopping point of, you know, the, 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 uh, the posted hours of when you have to stop hunting by. Right. But sometimes like specifically when you start looking at some of the DJIs and some of the GoPros and stuff like that, like you get into a certain low light situation and some of the, cameras that may not be some of the more, the professional grade cameras, right. Mm-hmm. You can get into a situation where you have a light limitation. Right. So, you know, I was talking to one of our teammates the other day, you know, Tommy, who's on our team and, you know, he, you know, he was thinking about upgrading his camera and so forth, because honestly he he was getting down 10, 15 minutes before legal shooting time was over. Um, because he just didn't have good light. And, and you know, again, same thing goes. I mean, it's like we have two questions. Anytime anyone calls us up, hey, Todd, I shot a great buck. <laughs> Question number one is, which we already went over, did you get it on film? Question number two is, how's the quality of the footage, right? I mean, at the end of the day, um, you want to make sure that you've got good quality footage. And that's part of the game, too. Like, if you know the footage is bad, it's too dark, the deer is behind a tree, whatever you know what then at the end of the day you really didn't capture the moment as you know as people want to see it so you know being familiar with your equipment paying attention to that low light is definitely a critical one um i i think a big mistake that people make too is they zoom in too much right i mean there's this happy balance between having your camera zoomed way 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 out and you're like uh, where's the deer, you know, yeah. and you're trying to, you know, and you're trying to figure out where the deer, and then you've got the overzoomer, right. Who's like.
1: Counting okay, the hairs on the nostril. Gonna,
0: yeah. <laughs> right. I see where you're going to shoot, but, but where, is it a buck? Is it a doe? I, Cause you just, and again, you know what? Anxiety kicks in. Right. I mean, you, you know, buck fever, call it whatever you want to call it. I mean, you know, you, excitement. Uh, it's why we hunt. And, you know, it's, it's easier controllable for some than others. Um, I think we've all seen that over the years. Um, so I think zooming is one thing that you have to pay attention to, you know, knowing your equipment with, you know, light conditions is, uh, is another one. Um, and, you know, the other thing, too, is just making good decisions, right? I mean, this is something we talk about regularly on our show. Um, you you got to make good decisions. And sometimes, you know what, in the heat of the moment, yeah, You know what? You, you don't always make the best decision, right? And that can happen whether you're filming or not filming. There's a lot of critics out there that will say, well, you know, you'd make better decisions if you if you weren't self-filming your hunts." You know, at the end of the day, you know, we, we all have to make a decision when it comes to that time to shoot, right? Whether the shot's right or not right or too far. I mean, each person has their own you know, individual situations. I mean, listen, does Levi Morgan shoot better than me? Uh, that's not even a question. Of course he does. Right. I mean, there's a lot of people that shoot, you know, way, way better than, than I do. And it just really comes down to knowing what your limitations are and knowing what's going to be best and what to do and when to do it. And, you know, and that just, again, comes with time too, but when it comes to self-filming and making sure that, um, you have the deer set up the way you want it and you have that all set up is, you know, it really comes down to a personal thing, but making good decisions is another one. I think people sometimes suffer with when they get into filming because they just want to capture the footage so bad that they forget about the importance of doing all of the effort that they put into the practicing of their shooting and, and, and their form. And you, and you got to kind of not lose track of doing that as well.
1: How much uh, B roll and cutaway type stuff do you guys do, or don't you really mess with it much?
0: You know, uh, uh, Tracy. I mean, it's 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 all about telling a story, right? I mean, you know, you almost got to think about it as if you're telling your buddy, you, you, you know, like, hey, I'm getting, you know, I went on this hunt, and you're not going to say, oh, hey, Tracy, listen, I went on this hunt, I shot a big buck. Oh, okay, that's great, but man, anybody who hunts and is passionate about this stuff, they want the details, right? I mean, I mean, they want. I mean, no, they don't want to see you go to the bathroom in the morning, right? But, you know, they 100%, you, you know, want to feel like they can be a part of the story. So, you know, B-roll is something that you regularly hear anyone that's doing a lot of filming talking about. And, and let's face it, like YouTube's changed the game. You know, you mentioned YouTube and social media earlier. You know, I just think back in the old days when, you know, videos were much, much longer and now you got this new... Kind of world that we live in. Jeez Louise! We look at TikTok or any of these other different, you know, social media platforms. The game is just constantly changing, right? So, you know, I think you want to have enough B-roll to be able to tell a good quality story, but at the same time, I don't necessarily feel. I feel like that people have moved into an era now where. They don't necessarily want to, you know, watch me eat my Cheerios before, <laughs> I, you know, yeah, you know, before, before I head out in the woods either. Because, you know, let's face it, you know, that can get a little boring as well. But, yeah. but you know, I think any time that you can have that feeling of, you, you know, let's face it, why do we watch other people hunt, right? You know, we're, we're A, we're hoping to gather more information to make us more successful while we're in the field, right? Mm-hmm. B, to be entertained, Right. We, we want to be entertained. You know, I, I want to see someone else shoot a, a big deer. I, I mean, that's entertaining. That's cool. Um, you know, so it's that balance between making sure that you can just really tell a good story um, and, and and having that feeling like I want to I want to feel what that person's feeling in the tree stand. You know, if it's super windy and it's a, and it's a crappy day and it's raining and they're going to stick it out, you, you know, that's a huge part of the story. Because what would a lot of people do? Well, they probably get down and go home. You, you, you know, unless they're, unless they're hunting in a blind. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, so I, I think you want enough of that to, to feel like they understand, you know, what, what, what's going on. Um, and, and I think that's what's, you, you know, I, I think you need to have just a happy balance between that, but nobody wants to watch 20 minutes or 30 minutes of just B-roll and never see a, a deer get harvested either. Right. <laughs> yeah. You gotta have that balance.
1: For sure. Uh, in closing about the camera stuff, what do you think? And you might not even know this answer off the top of your head, but I bet you bet you do. What do you think is the best camera for the money out there for for anyone?
0: You know what? I, I, I'm going to defer away from that question because I'm going to be frank with you, man. I, I always just listen to um, <laughs> what Brandon and Justin and the guys at the office tell me. You know, is the best camera at the time. Uh, you, you know, I've been kind of a Canon fan for a long time there's so many cameras there's so many options um i'm honestly I- i'm not the guy
1: so I'm tell me what studio. camera you're using what camera you're using see now you're
0: really putting me on the spot because
1: i couldn't even tell you the <laughs> <numbers>. <laughs> I that's awesome though <laughs> i appreciate the honesty you at, at least you're not going to try to bull crap your way through it <laughs> no
0: dude I'm, I'm telling you straight up i'm not i can tell you this right now the camera that I have right now that I was using last year, uh, it, it, you know, it is a Canon, and I absolutely 100% love it because, and, and if anyone wants to know, they can ping me, you know, on social or whatever, and I can get you the exact number. But, man, the low-light improvements that they've made with this particular unit is just phenomenal. And, and it's not that I'm going to use that to do something illegal guys. That's not what I'm, that's not what I'm suggesting here by any means. But again, you know what? You get in the stand legal shooting hours, whatever time that it is, you know, sometimes the action's happening. And again, it goes back to that being able to capture the moment. I can think of one particular hunt I had a couple of years ago where I had this awesome buck come in. Um, I forgot his name. I don't even remember what season it was. It was probably two or three years ago now and, oh, it was awesome, man. They were, it was chasing some does. They were grunting, they would snort these into, he was posturing and, and the video quality was really poor. Okay. I captured enough of it where you could see it. And I had this bucket 20 yards I mean, it was a totally dead deer and I didn't shoot it. I didn't shoot the deer. I, I could have shot the deer. The footage would have sucked. It wouldn't have looked very good. And, and and yeah, great. I would have shot another deer, and I remember like, "Oh man, Todd shot another buck, whatever." But dude, it wasn't. I wasn't going to be happy with the quality of the footage, and 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 being able to tell the story that I wanted to tell. Luckily, I was rewarded later that day, and that buck came back, and I was able to harvest them. Um, and and, and everything came together as being an awesome story, and I was able to use some of that, you know, kind of rougher footage of the buck that I got in the morning, you know, when it was when. And it was just too dark and it was actually a little bit, you know, before shooting light and I was able to still capture enough of that to be able to tell the story. Like I did the right thing. I let the deer go and I was rewarded. He came back later that day, you know? Um, So I don't know my camera. So thanks a lot for making me look like a total dork right now. (laughs) No, no,
1: no. (laughs) I'm okay with it. That's okay. You're authentic. That's That's the awesome thing is you're authentic. (laughs) That's, that's cool. Well, let's switch gears quick. We always try to uh, tell a good buck story. You've killed a lot of whoppers over the years. Uh, why don't you tell a story of one that really sticks out in your mind, uh, you know, one that you had a a long history with?
0: Oh, man. Oh. Well, I've got, you know. Could be your biggest,
1: your smallest, I don't know, whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah, they're all, you know, I I think, again, it goes back to the beginning of this, you know, conversation of why we just love to hunt, right, and, and just every deer is, you know, when, when you're the dorks, like, well, I, I'm not going to say dorks like us, right. Dorks like me, <laughs> yeah. um, who are just eating up with this stuff. Um, man, so many of the deer are special, right. And so many different bucks, you, you know, are special. Maybe I, I think this one buck that I shot in Wisconsin in my swamp years ago. They're all special, but this this particular hunt, I think was special, primarily because of the fact that, you know, there was just some more sentimental involvement with it. You know, it was, it was a situation where, um, my dad owned a piece of property and, you know, we we literally planted these willow trees on it. Um, and I mean, it was, it, it's a swamp, right. And we planted these willow trees on it. And these, these willow trees honestly were no, you know, thicker than my arm. And if everyone knows me, I'm a pretty skinny dude. So these, these willow trees were, were, um, you know, pretty small and years went on to the point to where I could finally get a, a bow stand. On it. And and, they, and we planted these trees way out in the swamp because we wanted to be able to, you know, hunt out in this area or primarily I wanted to hunt out of this area. And we just wanted to kind of create some, almost like a stopping point for the deer. So it just wasn't just kind of wide open for them. And it was just this perfect frosty morning. Um, I don't remember what year it is. I don't remember what season it is. It, it was all filmed. It's on our show. but. Um, it was just the perfect, you know, morning and this buck is on the tail of a doe and I was able to grunt and snort, wheeze him over and make a great shot. And it was just such a cool hunt because, you know, it was was something that my dad and I did together by planting this tree and, and, and a plan came together. And I think as bow hunters or rifle hunters, whatever type of, you know, hunter you are, it doesn't matter. Um, I mean, bow hunting is my favorite thing, but you know, when you're able to just, there's something about bow hunting when a plan comes together, right? Like you get the wind, right? You, you place a stand in the right place when, when things just connect and come together, gosh, it makes those hunts just so much more memorable. Um, so I, I would say that hunt there definitely is one that to this day, man, I can just remember the frost. I can just remember the deer's reaction. I can just remember you know, everything about that hunt, uh, that, that really sticks with me. But I I tell you, I've been really, 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 I have been a really, you know, fortunate person to have been able to, you know, shoot some great deer over my lifetime. And they all haven't been big by any means, guys. There are plenty of people out there that have killed a lot bigger deer than, than, than I've been able to shoot. But, uh, you know, it's all about the experience and size is all you know size is all the size of the deer is all about the beholder right i mean at the end of the day it really doesn't matter the size of the deer people always kind of ask us that question at the end of the day you got to be happy you know with the animal that you decide to take period and you know and if that's not the one you want then then you you keep waiting and i had a conversation earlier this week with a friend of mine who let a really good deer go you know last year and, and he's thinking he's kicking himself a little bit about letting him go. I'm like, you know, you know what? Don't do that. You, you made a decision. You let him go. Don't worry about what everyone else says. It doesn't matter. And maybe you'll be rewarded And this year. He'll come around. He's still alive. Maybe he's dead. Maybe somebody else got him. But the point is you got to be happy about the decisions
1: you make at that time. So it doesn't really matter. Absolutely. Shoot what, him. <laughs> what have you, uh, over the years, what do you think has increased your odds of success more than anything else? I mean, are you a awesome land manager now, or is it just time in the tree or a mixture of both? You know, I'm going to go
0: back to persistence pays. You know, I'm a persistent pays kind of guy. You know, how I'm going to beat the next guy is I'm just, is I'm willing to just grind it out. You know, I mean, uh, and, and you know, and I and I know some people may listen to the show, right? Or listen to your podcast and be like, well, yeah, but not all of us can, you know, take off another day. And 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 that's a hundred percent true. I mean, th- there's no doubt, right? I mean, we all have we all have limitations. We all have limitations. Not everyone owns land, everyone has different circumstances that they're that they're dealing with, but I can tell you on more times than not. That time when you're sitting there going, oh yeah, it's nine o'clock. I haven't seen any deer here. Dude, and then, then of course, now with these darn cell phones, right? You're like, you know, Tracy seeing deer, John seeing deer, Justin seeing deer. I'm not seeing any deer. I, you know, you know, you know. You did your homework. You know, deer are around. You got all your cameras out. You got your stuff out. You know, you're getting photos. You know, you 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 put the effort into why you wanted that tree stand there. That's when you just got to just bear down persistence pays you gotta just hang in there but man it's so easy (laughs) to get it's so easy to get you know suckered up suckered into getting down and moving but persistence pays sometimes you just gotta put the
1: time in period tell me the story of your biggest buck I, i remember seeing the picture of that deer but i know it's been a few years um you know tell us that story how big is that deer
0: he was about 190 inch deer. Um, that, that was just a great, you know, that, that videos on YouTube has got, you know, millions and I don't know how many millions of views, but that has been that buck. But I mean, that was a great buck. You know, I I saw, I knew he was alive. I I saw him the year before only on cameras. I, I never actually laid my eyes on him. And then the following year I started picking up some pictures of him and, you know, man, that buck was just an awesome deer. And what happened ultimately with that deer there is I actually saw him in the morning and I saw exactly where he bedded down. And I mean, anytime you can see a buck bed down and, and get that type of data, you know, that is data, especially at the same day data, right? Like I knew right where he bedded down. And for the most part, In this particular area that I was hunting, which was a little bit more suburbia, he's not just getting up in the middle of the day and just, you know, walking a half a mile somewhere else. They're generally going to stay pretty put in those areas. And, uh, you know what? I snuck out of there, you know, as diligently as I could. I spun around to a different tree for the afternoon hunt. I had the wind perfect. of course, when I got into that tree, I couldn't really see his bed. I didn't know that he was still there, but luckily he was still there. And I'll never forget it. The one thing that happened on that particular hunt, the farmer on the neighboring property was out um disc in a field. I, I don't know really what he's doing. I kind of forgot. This it, it, it goes back a few years now. But uh it was the coolest thing because this tractor's out doing his deal, comes by, and this buck gets up, walks over. And actually kind of looks both ways to, to see if, you know, the activity that it he was hearing was really just nothing to be concerned about, went back and bedded down. And then luckily for me, um, he got up and, you know, came my way. And, oh, my gosh, the video of this buck when he comes around this curve uh, along the cornfield, it's probably one of the number one things when people see me or we talk about some of my hunts, like, gosh, I'll never forget that buck that came around that cornfield because it was like, it is like the ultimate Little video of this buck just comes around this corner, this this this, this corner, and he's just like, bam, he's right there. Um, that was probably again one of my top hunts as well. Um, what, what was that buck's and then name? I shot him and got him. You know, I did not have him named. Um, uh, I, I didn't have a name for him. Well, what's the video? You. Do you have uh,
1: a, a title for the video so people go check it out if they haven't already?
0: uh you know what? I think it's just Todd. 192. Okay. If you Google, if you go to, if you go to YouTube and you Google, uh, Todd's 192 buck, it, it's going to pop up in YouTube for sure. Um, you know, but that, that was a, just a great, uh, that Owl, was a great hunt. I mean, how old was he? You know, I never got him aged, but I would, uh, I, I would guess him, uh, to be at least, at least five years old. Okay. Now is that Illinois? It's tight. It, yeah, one one point five million views on YouTube. It's called Huge Monster Buck One Ninety
1: Two.
0: Uh, it's under our account Bowhunting dot
1: com. Okay. Um, that's so. That's it. Cool, cool. That's awesome. Do you what do you what do you do you have a buck out there? You're hoping is alive this fall. That's you know a big one.
0: I know as soon as I expose the name of this guy. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna be killing somebody else on my team <laughs> that I'm gunning for this deer. theres There's a buck that I've been chasing by the name of Coke can. Okay. Um, I passed um oh, two years ago now, and I would have shot him last year, but I honestly never laid my eyes on them last year. Um, Last year, this wasn't the best year for me. I had just a lot of personal things going on where I wasn't able to hunt as as much as I really wanted to. But uh, uh, this Buck Coke can, had a great encounter with him. It's on the show from two years ago. He, he is old. I mean, he is old. His rack is pathetic, okay? I mean, honestly, his rack is not like a 190-inch rack or nothing like that. I mean, but he has got literally Coke can size bases coming out of his head. He's awesome. And and uh, it's funny that you bring this up because literally um, I got a, 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 an email this morning from a guy who hunts on the farm with me out there. And he's like, here's Coke can he's alive. And I mean, the the bases coming out of his head are just humongous. Um, So I would love to get that deer. Again, it's got nothing to do with the fact that he's got this huge monster rack as it does. He is just
1: an awesome, old, cool looking deer. Yeah. That's cool. You wonder like, is that deer seven, eight years old? Probably. Right. I would 100% put this deer now at six and a half seven-year-old for sure, yes. That's yeah. amazing. You, you think about all yeah, the close fun. encounters a buck like that has had, not not just with hunters, right, but coyotes, cars, you know, everything under the sun, uh, uh, to live to be that yeah. old. Yeah, but, and
0: I, I mean, let's face it, the competition for those type of deer has gone up too, right? I mean, everybody wants to shoot a big deer, right? Um you know, what may have helped this deer out is he doesn't have the biggest rack, you know. So what may actually be helping this guy out a little bit is, you know, people are like, ah oh, you not that big of a deer, right? So that may be helping him out just a, just a little bit. But um, but you're 100% right. I mean, you think about just, you know, environmental effects, disease, cars, all the things that you mentioned. I mean, man, it's hard. I mean, it is uh, um, it is, it's tough you know you know to be able to you know find a big one there's no doubt and for them to be able to beat all the odds and to grow into you know a monster deer i mean it's definitely a conversation that we regularly talk about that's for sure
1: cool well i wish you the best of come luck on, tracy how about you come on man don't oh, this you know i, I see these, what do you uh, got come on I what see, Michigan you, got? <laughs> yeah 120 is you know what we it's kind of funny <laughs> uh my my 14 year old is really getting into it now and and uh, of course, he helps me in the business. He's getting to a point where, uh, you know, we have to review some hunting shows for clients where we watch episodes and just critique what they're doing and how they're doing it. And and so he watches all the famous people, you know, and, and he gets a kick out of the fact that I talk to all you guys. And, and so he, but he's used to seeing, you know, the Kinskys with a 200-incher or Lee and Tiffany with a 200-incher. And, and I just tell him, you know, in our backyard, <laughs> it's 120. twenty's a booter here you know, but I get to travel. Uh, I get to hunt Illinois. I have a couple clients in Illinois and, you know, I, I, um, 150 or bigger, I'm usually happy, you know? Um, but I know that's not the case with some of you guys who are are managing big, big chunks of ground, but those big ones seem to elude me. I've been able to hunt some awesome property over the years with, with people in the hunting industry and man, anything over 150, I've never been able to, uh, put it down so it is what it is.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, first off Tracy, I mean, I, I appreciate you, you know, you know having me on the show. I mean, I think anyone that's interested in getting into, you know, self-filming, I mean, I think our website, you know, bowhunting.com and our show, um, Bowhunter Die is a great great resource and a great spot to start to be able to learn kind of the do's and the don'ts and be able to see some of our equipment. If you get on our website, you do some searches, you, know, you can see our gear in several blogs where you have all of our kind of our gear laid out, some of the different things that we do. And then regularly we talk about the different equipment we use um, to be able to help you get started. And, and, you know, like anything in life, I mean, um, you know, not all equipment is treated equally and a couple of the ones that I mentioned early on are just absolutely critical with making sure that you're going to get, uh, I mean, all your equipment is critical, right? I mean, it, it, you can go on and on and talk about different equipment the, why some stuff is better than other stuff. But I mean, those couple key pieces that I mentioned, you know, you're having a good quality, stable camera arm and um, having one of those, you know, very controllers are just absolutely, you know, just critical in being able to get the stuff you want. And I think, you know, the other thing too is don't be fake, right? I mean, when you start filming this stuff and you're filming, you know, sometimes people try to be somebody that they're not, you know, you know, be who you are. And, and, and enjoy it and, and share it. And, and, and I, I love it. Like, honestly, I know I made a comment earlier about just going out and filming without having the camera gear, but honestly, I don't know what it would be like if I didn't have that stuff, because I mean, I just, I love it. I love capturing good footage of uh, of my hunt when I'm out there, whether it's deer or not, right. There's just all the other things that you see when you're out there. And, uh, you
1: know, personally, I love it. I, I really you know, I wouldn't do it any other way. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. I know running multiple businesses like your life is crazy. And uh, thank you for taking the time out of your schedule today.
0: Hey, Tracy, I totally appreciate it. Thanks for everything that you do. And, uh, you know, if you're cruising through Illinois here, just give us a call. I'll put you in one of Justin's things.
1: (laughs) There you go. There you go. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It is always fun talking to Todd. He's a funny guy and very knowledgeable on all things bow hunting and filming hunts. Uh, to see Bow Hunter Die or to uh, read blogs and all the different content that they offer, visit bowhunting.com. To learn more about me, visit my website, tracybreen.com. That's T R A C Y B R E E N.com. I'd appreciate a positive review on Google Play or iTunes or wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. God bless and have a great day.